Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Well, here we are again. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it very much. This is Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT. We are mainline leaders. We do executive coaching, executive development, leadership development. That's what we do. And it is all about you know getting the best out of you, figuring out where you are, how to get you to your best. And it's through this process of taking action so that you can be that leader that you want to be and you know that you can be, you know that you must be. That's what we do here. We've got my partner here, Rich Barron. He's with me today. We've got this going as we usually do. Got a very special and exciting guest to be with us today, Roman Garcia. I've known Roman for years and he's got a really interesting take on what it is that he, he's, he, he does now and what he's done. Fascinating background. So we're going to be talking about what happens when you as that leader, whether you're a man or a woman, you're smart, you're capable, you're caring, you're one of those people that has the answers and that you you reach out and you want to help other people out and you know, make the best of you know, people and their situations. Sometimes these great people get people get hooked up with the wrong person. Can we just say it that way? All of a sudden, they feel like they got an anchor around their neck and they don't know what's happening because Their partner in life now is doing all sorts of things. It seems like to sabotage them, stab them in the back, undermine them. What the heck is that? I was here to help you. And now you're doing, well, you're going to see it for yourself. So Roman, hi, how are you? Welcome to the show. Give us about a a minute, you know, kind of thing of, you know, the elevator speech, your one minute elevator speech about who you are, your background, what are you doing right now? Okay. Um, As I mentioned before, I have the shiny happy side of things. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in facilities management. I got an MBA. And as I was finishing my MBA, I was recruited via email from a headhunter that wanted me to um, apply for the FBI. So I started a bunch of tests and I passed them all apparently somehow. And I became a special agent in the FBI. I went to Quantico for um, new agent training and then they sent me to Los Angeles. And in my career, I was in Los Angeles and Salt Lake City and a little tiny bit in uh, Washington, D.C. and traveled sometimes. I investigated public corruption, counterterrorism, Mexican drug cartels, and I was also a tactical EMT. And I went, went out with the SWAT team, bomb squad, and evidence response people for high-risk arrests. And I was in the behavioral analysis unit. Um, so stuff you hear about. And on you TV. were part of the team of Eric Holder's team, but he's the attorney general too. Is that yes. Right? Yeah. I worked with, um, on Eric Holder's team and, uh, yeah, I was able to respond to, to a ricin attack on, um, president Trump 
in Logan, Utah at one point, and I was present during the San Bernardino shootings. I was a tactical EMT with the SWAT team um, before the bad guys went to heaven. All right. So we, we, in some ways, we can say we're, we're amazed that you're still standing, my friend. That's yes, an amazing, <laughs> You've been there and you've done a whole lot of all that. Let's talk. Let's now move in this direction about um, leaders that have somehow managed to hook up with either formally or informally in a relationship that ain't so good. That right. It's got some problems and some sabotaging. And, and yeah, the sabotaging is like just the beginning of the whole thing. Rich, tell me a little bit. Tell, tell all of us. I mean, what, what what do you know about all that kind of stuff? You know, I think we we talk a lot about the stresses of work that leaders, you know, will, will inevitably have in their career, and so often they take that those stresses home with them, and it has a very negative impact in in a lot of cases on their home life, on their family, on their marriage, but not a lot is talked about. What about those negative issues you have in your home? How does that impact your work life? How does that impact your ability to be a, an effective leader? And, you know, it's something that really isn't talked about a lot, but it is definitely something that happens. And, you know, talking with Roman here, uh, fascinated with, with the things that you've been doing and, and talking about, because so many of that, those things I can relate to. And so I, I really uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that from from Roman, quite frankly. OK, good. Awesome. so let's let's take a look at it from that way. Um, just a real quick thing. I'm working with an organization right now who, who that was headed by an individual that very much was one of those people. Very, very smart man. We might even say he was brilliant in a lot of different ways. He's the head of the organization has how he had one of those uh, unfortunate situations with. Uh, his spouse had a lot of different kind of issues and it went on for years and years and years and it affected him terribly. I mean, terribly. It just kind of hammered him down uh, to where he was just not effective. But you know what's even more interesting about that? As terrible as that was for that gentleman, it affected his organization in horrible ways. I mean, they're still working th things through and figuring things out because of what happened in that leadership position. And then what happened in that personal relationship kind of a thing. Help us to understand, Roman, what goes on in a relationship, whether it's man or woman, that's married to someone that has these different kinds of challenges, narcissism, uh, borderline personality disorder. Give us some insight into that, if you would. Okay. For So the first thing that comes to mind is, yeah, my issue, the reason I'm standing here today, irregardless of my professional background, is the borderline personality disorder. My second wife had that or has that. And um, it, it was, this is an example. One time we were at a shooting or, or th there was a shooting that occurred on one of the operations I was at, um, at the FBI. And so they went through the list of everyone who was present during this event. And they were asking, how are, how are you doing with this? The, the, the psychologist called us to see how we're doing to give us therapy or whatever. And I said, honestly, the things I'm dealing with at home are way more terrifying than th anything I've seen at work. And the guy's like, okay, thanks. See ya. <laughs> Hangs up. And it's like, it, you know, so as a leader too, this isn't something you raise your hand and say, Hey guys, I'm afraid of my wife or Hey, I, my marriage sucks. I slept in my car last night or whatever you say, you don't, you, it's isolating. It's stigmatizing. And we don't bond over this stuff. We want to see, 
tell people how much money we make or our educations or how we could serve them. Um, but the way I, I noticed this one time is really weird. I, you, I had to qualify on my handguns. I, I'm going to get off the FBI stuff pretty quick. So I just, okay. one more story. Um, you, you have to qualify making, they have to make sure you could still shoot your gun. This was, uh, I drove two hours to the range in El Toro, California. And in the meantime, I'm getting threats from my ex or from my wife at the time. I don't know what was happening, but you know, everyone's had this type of stuff, text messages or calls or whatever. And so I got to the range and I was ready to shoot. I've done it a thousand times. I've shot thousands and thousands and thousands of rounds and I could not hit the target. I could not qualify on my handgun. And, and then that, that realization of like, when people say, if your mind's not right, your body's not going to function either. I could not hit the target with my gun because of the things that were roaming around in my mind. So basically I felt imprisoned for over a decade in this, in this existence where I felt hopeless. I felt depressed. I felt isolated. I felt despair. I would go to the bathroom at work and cry. I was a grown man. I was trained. I was pretty, you know, masculine or whatever you want to call it, professional, educated. And, um, I was weakened. And then, so what happened was I, after the FBI became a private investigator, I, um, worked with, uh, uh, an individual who was a real estate developer on Kauai. He had it all. He had money, he had success. He lived in paradise, but he could not function either because his new wife who has borderline had him arrested three times in one month and he had never been arrested his whole life. So this guy, I mean, that, that's just the, you know, the, the, the measurable stamp, the arrest, but all the emotional stuff, his money was going away. He wanted to spend all his money to just to, to cure this problem. And then I met another person who had the, the wife just took off with the kids. He didn't even know where his kids were, if they were alive. I mean, it just goes on and on. And it kind of seemed what I learned in these, I've been to support groups with borderline and stuff. And it seems like, remember those old discs that you would put into your computer, the windows 98 operating system or whatever. It, it seems like this disc exists someplace and they load it into borderlines because a lot of the stories I'm about to tell or that you and I could share, everyone's been through them. The threats, you know, you raped me or, you know, you need to be arrested or I'm going to try to get your job. I'm going to take your kids away or I'm going to get you fired or I'm going to kick your, throw you out of the house or you've been cheating on me or whatever. The whole gamut. It's the same thing over and over. And um, there's men everywhere who are in this situation. And there's also and women. There's women too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's women in this situation also that are just yeah. feel imprisoned and, and entrapped. And what I'm finding is these, the men I'm dealing with, they're handsome, they're successful, they're educated, and they, they deserve the best. And there's something, one aspect of their life, like one slice of the pie that's just dragging them down that won't let them function. Like I said, I was an FBI agent for all it, you know, they make TV shows about some of the stuff I did and I could not, I could not feel happy. I did. I could not figure it out. And it took me. I think think that's the key right there. What Roman said, you, the, these people don't know it. They don't understand what's going on. Yeah. They, they can't, they don't understand what, you know, it's just something I did. Is this something, you know, you know, something I said, but then that carries over day after day after day into your, your, you know, work life. It really does. Yeah. I worked with a friend of mine. I don't usually do friends, but I was working with him. Man is freaking brilliant. 
at making money in the petroleum industry. Just he's a freaking there's something about him. He just gets oil. He just understands mm -hmm. it. And it was his and this his marriage. And I was literally watching him just, you know, you know, drain away, just get smaller and, and more and more afraid and more and more anxious. And, and there's this brilliant man that can do these incredible things in his profession. But man, he just got down and down and down and down and down. Finally, he did divorce the lady. Um, and, uh, and, and over a period of time, it was just wonderful to watch him come back, how he rebounded from all of that. It's, I know yeah. it's not an easy thing to do, but there was this rebounding that was just absolutely wonderful. Talk to us about, and I and I know the first time I ran it, probably several times, uh, I hadn't seen this, but there was one point in time where I started dealing with a, a person with borderline personality disorder. I'd attempt to tell people about this individual, and they would not believe me. Oh, no, that couldn't possibly. Yeah. There was only one person that really actually knew this individual more closely, known this person for a lot of years, said, yep, that's, that's who that person is. Yeah. Most people don't even believe it. So if they're in that, that place of like that, that place, of, I feel like I'm going crazy. I can't do anything right. It's always my fault, no matter what happens. It's always me. It's never them. It's blah, 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 blah. How do they start to really recognize that they are in that kind of relationship? Let's just start there. Well, start I, to senses. I think everyone listening to this right now should Google or search the term borderline personality disorder or narcissistic personality disorder. It's actually uh, um, in the DSM, the psychological handbook or whatever to, to designate um, disorders, but there's bullet points. And so what I found is there, um, I read this book and they said, men are usually labeled as narcissists and women are the ones usually labeled as borderline, but their traits are pretty similar. Um, so the first thing is just figuring out like WebMD type stuff, you know, figure out, is this you? Is this happening? And then figure out if you want help. I mean, that, like I said, that's why I'm here. I'm here to work with people who are suffering the way I did so they don't have to suffer for a decade to figure this out. They could figure it out in a few weeks and then take control of their life again, you know? It's an interesting thing, those relationships. And these people, just broad general generality, is these people are crazy. I mean, there's a level that they really are crazy. The problem is they don't know that they are crazy. And there really is a reason why I won't get into all that, but there is an actual brain function reason why they don't see themselves as crazy. However, one of the ways you can know if you're in that kind of relationship is if you feel like you're crazy, if you're the one who's being driven crazy, that's a pretty yeah. good indicator that that, and they don't see any problems going on with them, but if they're driving you crazy, that's probably, yeah, I'm, I'm losing my rational thinking, my ability to just deal with life and so on. So what do you, what, what about you, Rich? What would you say? How would you recognize that kind of individual if you were married to them? Are you in a partnership with them? You know, that's really hard to say, Michael, because you, you don't, you don't want to go there. You don't want to look for that. You don't want to, you don't really want to recognize that there's a problem. You, you, that's just like you said, you think it's you. You think it's you, you know, and, and all these things that you talk about, you, you, you start trying to second guess yourself. You know, what have I done wrong? But here's the thing is you're going to find out is they will never, ever apologize for anything that is ever done. And I think that's one very key aspect to this 
And I didn't realize any of that till much, much later on, but they will never apologize for anything that's ever happened. It's always going to be your fault, no matter what. They will never apologize or admit to any of it. I think what, oh, go ahead. Let me ask you a question here. What I just watched Rich go through, and I know that he had a relationship at one point that had that kind of stuff going on. That's pretty much a normal thing of like, I don't know. I'm not quite sure. It's this kind of thing that you're trying to wrap your head around it, and it's really, really hard. And what it is that I found is this, and then I definitely want to hear what you have to say is this, is if you're in that kind of relationship, your head does not know what to do with it. Let's just make that really clear. Your head does not know what to do with it. And in a funny way, your emotions are very confused as well because there's this attraction you have and yet all this other stuff. You know, the first way you can tell is to your body. Your body will start telling you, will start sending you messages that you are in danger, that there is something wrong. You may not understand it, but that's every time I've been around somebody that's narcissistic or borderline personality, I didn't know that at the time, but they'll do something. And all of a sudden, it's like my body goes on alert, say, pay attention now, watch real closely. Tell me a little bit about how do we start recognize that that individual? Well, so the the thing I tell, like in generally for the coaching that I do, I I I tell people that everything, all the problems come from our thoughts, and all the answers are from our thoughts. And the way to recognize a negative thought is by this little red warning light that goes off, which is what you just said, is our feelings. If we feel like tense or we feel that stress in our stomach or mine was right here, my stress all the time. When I wake up in the morning, when I wake up in the middle of the night, all throughout the day at work. So it was always there. So when you recognize something like that, that means there's some kind of poison in the well that you need to take care of, which is usually our thoughts. Um, One thing that, that should be, you know, uh, go in line with this discussion is that this will never change. You, you know, if you're like me and probably rich and you too, Michael, like we just hoped things would change, pray for it, hope for it. Yeah. This is my wife. This is who I spent, wanted to spend my life with. We have kids together. You're just hoping. And then that fight flight or freeze that I mentioned, we always freeze. Like what do we freaking, it's overwhelming. And we're isolated. We don't have neighbors that will say, hey, oh, I'm in the same situation. Let's talk. Or, you know, and we don't even recognize it till years later sometimes. So it's hard. But yeah, we feel isolated. And, and when I, I think the, the call to action for your guests or your listeners is when you feel bad, ask for help or, you know, contact me or contact one of you guys to find out. But the, there's some things out there and they seem like small things. Oh, I'm having relationship issues. That could be a living hell for someone. You know, they, they cannot get out of, they don't want to get out of bed. They start drinking more. They start dabbling in whatever, whatever their, met, their um, whatever their medicine of choice is, whether it's Netflix, pornography, other women, um, drugs. And, and, you know, what is the, where does that lead us? Yeah. It, it leads us right down to failure, to yeah. losing everything. Yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough place to be. Um, and the thing that we'd want to tell, and I'd like to take exactly what you said in the beginning, there's a sense of hopelessness, there's a sense yeah. of despair, there's a sense of, you know, just wanting to give up, you know, it's just like it's never going to end, it just goes on and on, you feel trapped, you feel alone, all those kinds of things. And so what it is, I'd like to set this up is this, if, if you're feeling those things, the first thing you've got to do here, folks, if that's something that you're experiencing, and again, we're talking to leaders, people that are in positions of real power, so you're you're probably really bright and capable and talented and caring. 
you got all these wonderful qualities, but somehow you got yourself in this place right here. You don't know quite know what to do with that. Here's what I want you to look at. If that's what's going on for you, the first thing I want you to know is, is exactly what Roman's been talking about here and that there is hope. It is not hopeless. The only way you're that not it, alone. Yeah, you're not alone. Not alone. There, there's a genuine help out there and it does not have to be this way. It does not have to stay this way. So long as you have that thought in your head, well, I got to just stick this out. Maybe I can figure it out. Maybe it's my fault. Too. Hopefully she'll change. Hopefully, yeah, she'll, she'll change. She'll, change. she'll get help. Yeah. 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 You, you have to get rid of that idea. I'm going to, yeah. he, when he said that, I said, that's exactly right. It's sad to say. It's horrible to say. It's terrible to say. They're not going to change. You know why? Because they don't see themselves as the problem. I'm telling you, honestly, they do not see themselves as the problem. Just as Rich said, They'll never apologize. Why would I apologize if I'm not the problem? You're the problem. You're the one that needs to apologize to me. If you've had that conversation, if you've been through that again and again and again, you need to reach out and we can help you. Roman, if they want to get a hold of you, buddy, because you know a lot of stuff. You've been through a lot of this training, a lot of this understanding. How do they get a hold of you? So you could you could reach me at my website at mind-medic.com and um, you could set up you could just opt in and I'll we can have a free consultation. You could also just email me at roman at mind-medic.com. So there's a dash between mind medic. So <laughs> right there on the screen. You got it right there, my friends. That's really good stuff. All right. Thank you so much. All right, we're gonna have you back, man. We got lots more conversation. We got, we got yes. lots to talk about. <laughs> yes, we do. I'd love to come back to talk about. Let me just tell you about that right now, buddy. <laughs> so, Rich, you take us home here. We're wrapping it up. One thing. One thing I, I just want to add before we're done. You know, I've I've talked a lot about my music career and playing in front of people. And uh, you know, one of the things that a, a dear friend used to say is that. If we can go out there and we can make one person smile tonight and forget their day, we've done our job. Now, as leaders, it's not all about processes. It's not all about databases. It's not all about spreadsheets. It's not all about sales. If you can go to and help those people to work for you that may be struggling with, with some of these issues at home, if you can help them make them smile and forget their day, this is part of what being a leader is about. It's about leading with love. It's not always about managing the process or managing another person or managing another department. Where you get the true leadership abilities and capabilities is through your people. And so that's one thing I, I cannot stress enough. If, if you are a true leader, you'll do it through your people, not through your processes. And so remember and be empathetic. We all have flaws. We all we all need to take care of one another. So here's the, here's the thing. Thanks for joining us again tonight. We're at the end of another episode of Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. And thank you, Roman, very much. You know, we, we got a lot to talk about. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I can't wait to sit down with you. All right. I want to hear, I want to hear more of your, your FBI stories and, and, and everything else. So I've got plenty of tales to tell. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, so Michael, any shout outs tonight? Let's say, I want to say hi to those people over there in Europe. We've got a crowd of people that, that watch us and download us and, 
man, I would just love to hear what it is that what's going on over there in Europe and how you're dealing with the different challenges with COVID and, you know, and all that stuff. Love to hear from you. Obviously, there's something of value. You keep coming back and you watch it. And so if you value us, here's what I want you to know, whether it's in Europe or Africa or anywhere in America or South America or wherever it may be. If you value watching us, I want you to know we value you. So yeah. it's, a, it's a reciprocal relationship. Let's talk. Let's get some things going that would be uh, really we, Who knows? We might even have you on one of our podcasts. We'd love that. So yeah, that's absolutely. great. All right, everybody. We'll see you again next time. Thanks again, Roman. Thank you. Be safe and take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Roman. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbaronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.